0: Welcome to Proudly ADHD, at work and in business. I'm your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Today, I have a special guest, Dr. Ian McNaughton. We're going to talk about a topic that I've been absolutely passionately researching and waiting to see who am I gonna bring on this show? And this gentleman was recommended to me and I am honored to have him on the show. We are going to talk about trauma and ADHD. And this one is is an important topic because I see um, trauma in some of uh, the clients that I have, I like to say I have a little bit of the maybe the big T or the little T, whatever you want to call it in my personal life. There, there, there's a lot in there. And I think when it comes to trauma and ADHD, just knowing and and seeing some of the statistics out there around children who have ADHD, who are raised with all of these negative words, don't do this, don't do that. All of that to me is like emotional trauma that has built up, built up, built up, and then it shows up in different ways in our lives it was really important to make sure I do some justice and bring on an expert in the field who has worked, someone that I follow also very closely, Dr. Peter Levine from the Somatic Experiencing Institute. And they worked together in the 70s. And, and he, was, he was right there with him when, when they were putting this amazing program together. So without further ado, Ian, welcome to my little show, my little impactful show, as I like to call it. <laughs> well,
1: it, Kathy, it may be a little show, but it's, um, it's so crucial in terms of weaving these two together. And I think it's a real contribution what you're doing. I've looked at some of the material that you put together. And I think there's so much, as you say, small T and big T, trauma for many things in so many people. But there the ones that are less uh, noticeable are the smaller incremental ones, especially in early development, which is so confusing for the child. You know, I can remember how difficult for myself I was at school, and to the point that, you know, I was failing and and I couldn't and I still have difficulty organizing so many things out of just a brain pattern of my own, my own ADD and, and, it, and in the past, I think, more hyper. And, but at 84, I, I still seem to be, as my wife says, working too much. So I imagine there's a little bit of drive there. But one of the things I was to just explore that a little bit more in depth, is the confusion that, that children, I know myself, experienced with being in the classroom and other kids seeming to notice what's going on. And I'm scrambling to try and make sense of what's happening. Mm. And, this, and this social isolation and the shame and feeling like there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with us. Right? that goes so deep and becomes a psychological wound out of the social context. And especially the lack of understanding and support that there's a brilliance to having this pattern in the brain. There's an actual gift, but there's also this incredible downside. Yeah. And, and and so you end up with kind of a social trauma as well as a, struggle for learning your own self-worth and a sense of your connectedness with other people. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, the ability to connect things that other people can not connect, you know, that's right. Uh, that's right. And, and to be able to talk about it and then realize, Oh, this other person who doesn't have this pattern I have, doesn't know what I'm talking about. And now as kids and even as an adult, you start to feel a little, you can feel a sense of shame, which is kind of devastating to the person's soul. You know, Mm -hmm. really is.
0: So question for you then, how in this case, so somebody may say, okay, well, that's just childhood experience. And then they'll grow and they'll move through it and whatever. So so, so there's that kind of school of thought. Yeah, sure. But when it comes to trauma, Mm -hmm. I guess let's step back for a second and in your experience, how are you defining trauma? What, what, what are the, the, the signs that turn into trauma?
1: Well, I think the, the key thing is that people, we have to think about our nervous systems. That's the fundamental, the neurophysiology is the fundamental thing. And we have three things that we talk about. The, in the autonomic nervous system, there's the charging lively system. And then there's, there's the parasympathetic side. And then there's the parasympathetic side, which is rest and digestion and, and restoration and renewal. And that balance between the two is healthy, mm-hmm. you know, between being excited and then being able to re- relax. Well, if there's anything that we are trying to get away from that we'd rather you know, or it's something that's absolutely overwhelming, like a car accident or a, a bad fall in, or violence or, or, or being hit or sexual abuse, where you can't get away the system initially would try and fight and if you're a block from fighting then the system shuts down and then the vagus nerve the the primitive part of the vagus nerve tends to just protect us
0: Mm -hmm. and in
1: some ways it affects our digestion our organization all our organs our whole life and then that's the new normal And you don't know it's happening, right? Mm. Tells something comes along and disturbs that matrix. So when we're working with trauma, we're always looking for what happened when when a person comes with a certain presentation or a story about that they're feeling out of sorts or they're feeling like they're hypervigilant, you know, like always too much on the edge or kind of numbed out, that we're looking at this sympathetic, parasympathetic overlay of the vagus nerve, right? So by definition, trauma's when there's an overwhelming stimulus to us as a whole human being, as a nervous system entity, you know, our whole organization, and we can't take the action that would regulate it all again, that Mm -hmm. we could free ourselves from the fight or push away the predator or recover from the car accident rather than being pinned in it, right? Or thrown out of the car or for going into it also as a dissociation as a way of handling it because to come out of the dissociation is so activating in terms of the intensity in the person's system that they have to take care of themselves by just associating just, which is a major space out in various degrees, right? So when things are too much, if a person can, you know, something, we all have stresses and it's really intense, but somehow, we can get out of the situation, or we can, no, I have a boundary, I'm going to stop this. We tend to be fine. But when we have these early patterns, including the small ones, Kathy, then it starts to gradually make us more and more at risk for getting in situations that we can't regulate.
0: hmm Wow, so many things are popping in my head. I'm thinking like this whole emotional dysregulation issue that we already have as it is with ADHD yeah. and how that affects, you know, it's it's like, it's almost like I'm I'm seeing a, a child having a tantrum and the mom going, shh, don't cry, don't cry, don't yeah. cry. So yeah. instead of, so that child actually needs to cry in order to kind of regulate, right? That's right. But then what's happening, the shushing that happens, so they're like learning, oh, I can't show emotions, shut it got, down, place. And small. look at
1: the and look at the gesture you made.
0: Right. Yeah. I am closing off. It's yeah. Contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All all of our cells are in a process of expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. Right? There's a rhythm, right? Yeah. But when things get too much and the child is scolded shamed or shushed as you say then that contraction but that contraction is that shut beginning of that shutdown of the vagus nerve which is arguably the biggest nerve in the body and goes through all the organs mm-hmm. and it shuts down the whole system and if there's enough of that then the the person wants to retaliate with their no, I want to have the tantrum. I'm really, mm-hmm. really mad, mm-hmm. right? Then that's still under there, under that shutdown. So when we're working with trauma, we're working really careful about rhythms of noticing the sensation in the body, noticing the little pieces of, of pathways about emotions and feelings. And and then from that, just titrating little bit by little bit a rhythm, of finding the rhythm restored in the body in a safe way in relationship. Because that Vegas shutdown kind of puts a filter between us and the other person that gradually we don't even know because it gets to be normal. That's what that's.
0: And it when it's okay. normal, what's the what's the ramification of that? So what happens when it's untrue? You,
1: you lose social engagement. Hmm. So a person might be more frozen or the other. That's the contraction. The one end of the continuum or hmm. they they're always so emotional or flooded or a little bit of stimulus and they're really upset.
0: So it so, actually, with ADHD, it even makes it worse. It's like amplifies I, it because you already it. have this impairment. And then on top of it, yeah. you've had and this traumatic we, experience. And what
1: you really need is that, that, like that child, as for someone to be with, mm-hmm. be with, and it's fine. If that's what you need to do and so forth and everything. And the child gets to know that it's safe to... To do whatever they need, and they will not be shamed. They will not be scolded. They will not be shushed. They won't be shut down. And, but there are times, and I I know that from working with little three to five year olds at a center here, is that the child has is already dysregulated. Kathy.
0: Yeah. And
1: they can't they can't contain, and so somehow there needs to be a way to hold them, right. with. Them. But not, you know, holding them to shut them down, but to help them deal with the expansion and the the rhythm again, right? And to find their their own rhythm internally in themselves.
0: So on that note, this whole somatic experience, tell us a little bit about that. Because in the beginning, when somebody was like, where do you feel it in your body? I'm like, this feels weird. I don't know. I don't. It's everywhere. So the the importance of this this work is is yeah. to kind of notice. And I'm actually going through this training uh, online training through Peter's work. Yeah. And some of it, I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling nothing. Is this working? Is it not working? So I'm kind of <laughs> going through the modules. And I also want to talk about completion because yeah. th- that also has come up sure. this, this experience. So first, this whole movement, the body thing. Yeah. Why? Well, why? 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 Why?
1: By bye bye well, first of all, we are a nervous system. Mm-hmm. That's the fundamental thing before psychology is a nervous system so in in what Peter was interested in is how come some animals could have what seems like a a, a total life threat shut down, disappear, you know as far as you know just as if they're dead. The prey goes away for a while to get their little ones. And the animal shakes themselves off and and manages to come back to escape, right? To get away. Yeah. But first they fled, then they tried to push away, and then they shut down. We're no different we're just we're still for all of our evolution and our commitment to our own intelligence the fact of the matter is we also still have this primitive nervous system and we just have uh, an evolving executive prefrontal cortex that's dampening all these primitive more primitive urges in us and so When we talk in in Somatic Experiencing, we're we're talking about addressing the person where they are and asking them to start to develop language and coaching them about that. Mm -hmm. How to notice their sensate experience, tight, loose, hot, cold, vibration very basic types of things, if they have any kind of difficulty naming those things, because they're fundamental to being able to get us embodied somatic, a sense of oneself. And to be able to start to to titrate, you know, small little pieces of, of awareness by tracking, being aware of, mindful, about their whole body experience, what actually the nervous system is doing or not doing, and helping them through some simple tools to become more aware of the shifts in their system so that they can restore their instinctual basic birthright of how their system in their particular body needs to regulate their whole system as a foundation to their psychology and their mm. spirituality
0: so important did this whole the completion side of that for me that that as i'm studying it this kind of popped out for me because there's this you know as, as you were saying like if somebody is in a car accident or or in a horrible experience yeah. sexual experience and that i i froze i didn't fight and what he This program, what they go through, is to kind of complete that whole process and kind of take you through the whole journey. And I think it goes back to the animal thing that you were saying: is that animal that gets up and shakes it off and kind of rebalances everything and says, "Okay, I'm I'm alive. I'm running now." Yeah. So the importance of that, can you talk about that a little bit? What What do we mean by this completion?
1: Well, I think what we're talking about is little tiny pieces of completion. First of all, right what is that that statement the the journey of a thousand steps starts with one or something like that is to you know the person comes in in my case to my office and says you know you know i've had i'm having nightmares i i can't sleep as well as i used to and well what happened or oh, well i had this i had this fall and Then I started having these nightmares and what's the history? Oh, well, there's other things before that. And they talk a little bit about that, but the history isn't the issue. The big issue is there was a whole series in their life, in their nervous system of trying to, trying to, let's just use a simple word of just trying to get over an overwhelming situation. (sighs) So, okay. You know, it's like completing uh, exercise or a run or something and, and feeling like, oh, well, something, something, something feels better, right? I feel more like myself, right? And they, they can't get that feeling anymore. So, and they know some things, they don't know quite what, what to do. So, then the issue is about helping them and coaching them how to pay attention to what, because they'll, they'll keep talking about the story, but we don't want them to go reenact what happened. Right. Not to reenact, mm-hmm. but to stay present about what happens while they look at or think about or remember what happened. So it's kind of like staying present while you look at the past because mm-hmm. traumas about the past is intruding into the present yeah. in an inappropriate way. So we want to get the person really as much little bit by little bit by a little bit more centered, more grounded, more balanced, more appropriately contained in their present so that they can start to not forget what happened, not not feel anything to it, because then you would be creating another detachment or, or dissociation, What, but to have an appropriate response to the memory of that, that doesn't impact them in the way that they have lost some of their sense of feeling their own rightness, their own personhood, sitting there.
0: Mm, that- so it
1: comes in little steps. And of course, all of us, if there's anything that's distressing—a headache or having an allergic reaction or anything—we just want it over. Yeah, yeah. So everybody wants it over. That's okay, and that's normal. But how to how to develop the the psychoeducation, explaining some things to the degree they need it, and what they've read and what they what they understand, and to be able to give them little senses of as what Peter Levine would call triumphs and I was working with somebody yesterday and 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 I, I said so how are you doing now and they said you know I have a little glimmer of something in my left side of my of my of my stomach and I said oh a glimmer so now we're working with image right and I said well, what's it like to have that glimmer oh there's a, A sensation to it there's a a feeling to it and i said okay well what happens when you just notice that oh uh, i oh i feel a sense a a sense of some hope about this Mm -hmm. so there's there's that beginning one little cycle of completion which builds so that you can keep going further along so that the person has that, that that sense of their own agency, their own capacity to meet whatever they're facing in the world in a way that they have their own common sense and their own uh, strength again, their, yeah. own, their own wealth, good feeling about
0: themselves. I like, there's two things comes up for me as you're explaining that so beautifully. One is around this sense of identity because those those experiences it's like a little bit of their identity was taken away from them they exactly. lost a little bit to this situation to that situation yep. and then the other is to then coming back to being feeling grounded and for the longest time and I think I'm still in search for myself uh, feeling yeah. grounded mm-hmm. like literally because I, I feel like part of what those with ADHD is we're not grounded we're just like whoa
1: yeah yeah so maybe we could do something together as an experiment right now that the audience could try at home. How would that be?
0: That'd be great. (laughs) I'm all about experiments. What a nice surprise.
1: No, good, great. So so there'd be, you know, the conceptual, but there'd also be an experiential part to uh, our time together.
0: Great.
1: All right. So, and the audience could follow along. So what I would like you to do is just to notice your feet on the floor and then just notice your pelvic floor, the torso coming to the chair.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Now some people will say, I can't feel my feet. Some people will say, I can't, what do you mean pelvic floor? I don't, I don't don't sense anything there. So it's on a whole continuum and everything's all right. Whatever the person says, all right. And just saying that for for people not to think there's something wrong with them when they're watching this, right? All right. So, and I, I sometimes will say, you know, it's kind of paradoxical, but if the chair wasn't pushing up on you, Kathy, you'd go through the floor, through the chair. Mm-hmm. So see if you can just sense that paradoxical quality. Okay. And the weight of your torso. And, and what's that like,
0: just that? I'm good.
1: I'm you're good. good. So it, there's a sense of good? Yeah. Okay. And how do you notice that in your body?
0: I'm relaxed.
1: I'm okay. And when you're relaxed, is it local or global all over? I'm going rather fast. I wouldn't yeah, it's do global. Something. It's global. Great. Wonderful. That's terrific. All right. And just notice you took a breath. Yep. Okay. And with this particular tool exercise, you, you know, I often say to people, they, they, they go, okay, I'm ready. You know, and I say, no, you don't have to do that. If you have a back to the chair, you can, let the, you can let your back be supported, so forth and everything. And we're gonna make a sound. Now, this sound helps regulate the vagus nerve. One end of the continuum are people that say, nothing happened. I didn't notice anything. What was I supposed to notice? Doesn't This didn't help. On the other end, I remember doing this with the person who said, oh, I just went out of my body and I'm three feet above my body. Wow. And another that started to cry. So for the audience, there's a whole range of what's normal, right? But usually I'd do three, but I'm really careful to watch what happens after the first one. And so I'll demonstrate the sound. And if it was written out, it would be V-O-O-O. So, you know, it's akin to different uh, traditions of psychospiritual or spiritual traditions that use different sounds and as ways of shamanic or, or in different cultures, they're different religions, right? Okay, so the idea is just taking a gentle, full breath into my abdomen, and I'm just going to demonstrate it first, and then, you know, and into my chest, and then, and it's not a hard push, it's just a full resonant sound. Now, some people will do, other people do, you know, a variation on it. This is just the way I do it, you know, my own sound. Okay. So, and then I usually ask the person, would it be okay to do this? And then would they like to do it? Would they would they like to do it alone, do them just on their own, or would they like to do it with me? And would uh, they like to start or me start if we're going to do it together. So I'm just going, you know, quickly, as you understand, for the mm-hmm. purposes mm-hmm. of the audience. Okay. So so the question is, do you want to do it on your own or would you at this stage or do you want to do it together?
0: We can do it together. I just the analytical side of me is do I carry out the ooh the whole time or do I just let it go?
1: Okay, you just let it go. It's a rhythm. Yeah, so it's not like a... Um, oh, right. No, it's uh, similar to that. But what it actually does is it... Sometimes people will even at best say, oh, I feel a little vibration in my abdomen because that's where so much of the vagus nerve, nerves are. And the science shows that the brain... It registers about uh, 15 to 20% of the sensory information is goes down, but 80 to 85% comes up. So mm-hmm. we're sensate beings. We notice when we don't like a uh, room that's too cold or too hot or, or something doesn't feel good to us or um, we. We felt a little uncomfortable around a person. That's that's not, and we have a thought about it, but the thought's secondary. It's this. It's about eighty percent of our nervous system is firing up from from our abdomen. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that, so that's part of that psychoeducation.
0: Okay. So, All right. Let's let's boo together.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. All righty, Feet, pelvic floor, take some air into your abdomen and chest, and then. Uh, And then we'll do a second one. Uh, Feet, pelvic floor, air in the abdomen. Now, so I'm wondering, did you notice anything?
0: Okay. First time, no. Second time, butterflies in my tummy. Third time, I want to give myself a hug. <laughs> what is that all about?
1: So the next, the next uh, thing that I wanted people to have as a takeaway is for you to take your right hand and put it under your left armpit. And then I want you to take your left arm and put it on the other arm between your shoulder that that's right right there and give yourself a hug
0: that's right
1: stay with that it's kind of melty it's a little melty right
0: that's good
1: (laughs) so this is something this one of the two things that dr levine says is uh, the two things that a person with trauma can do to help themselves immediately. And for most people, very rarely do I find people say it's not comfortable because it what it does is it brings healthy containment mm-hmm. into the system. And when someone's working hard, whatever, and we forget how much touch we, sensei beings we need touch, is we're actually bringing our whole system together right yeah we're 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 just allowing ourselves to get centered in ourselves and then we can expand out from the center from the core right
0: Mm, so good i feel so relaxed and also i'm like people (laughs) you need to try this This is this has been wonderful, Ian. This has been tremendous. Um, By you sharing this, it really my takeaway on this is is this whole idea of slow down, take a breath. We naturally don't pause, especially with ADHD. It's always so go, go, go. And here's one technique where it helps you to kind of pause and feel everything. And for my listeners, as woo or as like, oh my god, Kathy, not another thing. It 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 <laughs> works. It works, people. So try it. Because imagine it that it, this constant state of like just oh, and your gloves are up. You're ready for the next fight. Is yeah. you can't keep up with that. You we burn out. We've all burnt out. So and so to really talk- heal, heal yeah. the past.
1: That's right. And when you talked about completion is in somatic experiencing we would might ask a person to just tense up just a slight about more and then just slowly let it go or just slowly open the jaw to a point that felt a little resistance and slowly close it does it be a couple of other things
0: and all of that is retraining it, right? Yeah, going right. from that that's autopilot.
1: Good. That's right, and not asking things to do, people to do a big thing, because your yeah. nervous system can only regulate with small changes. Awesome. Okay.
0: Thank you so much for this. This yes. was a gift. I'm so glad I found you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's so much fun to be with you too.
0: Thank you. I'm so glad thank
1: you, thank you have this program.
0: Thank you. you
1: help so many people because. So many of us do need this help.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ian. It's it's been a pleasure. Well, folks, there you have it. My episode around trauma and ADHD. I hope you found it as insightful as I did. And my special thanks to Dr. McNaughton for giving us his time and his wisdom. It was truly beneficial to hear it from him who has been in this field for many, many years. According to the TraumaHealing.org, trauma is a fact of life. It does not, however, have to be a life sentence. This is a guiding principle of Somatic Experiencing International, where Dr. Peter Levine's work is founded, and you can find a whole lot more information about his way of approaching trauma. And some of the conversations we had with Dr. McNaughton was based on this teaching. I also want to acknowledge that trauma healing doesn't have to be just the somatic experiencing way. There's different ways of healing and going through that trauma healing, such as cognitive behavior therapy, cognitive processing therapy, EMDR, also known as eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Prolonged exposure and many more treatments out there. So, please know that one treatment may not be the way for you. There's other options. But, my biggest message to you is please, please, please heal the wounds of the past. You do not have to live with trauma for the rest of your life. And I'm pretty sure by addressing some of the traumatic stuff that you've experienced in your lifetime, we can really work towards healing and really have another tool at managing our ADHD. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.